Welcome to Device Rep Storytime, bringing you stories right from the trenches of medical device by reps for reps. If you like what you hear today and you want to share a story of your own, reach out to us at repstorytime at gmail.com. Anonymity will be respected for those with a corporate parent. If you want to let it all hang out, that's cool with us too. Let's kick it off. I am so lucky to be joined by Mitzi Kaiser. We are going to be kind of guiding everybody through some of these rep stories. Uh, We kind of started this as an idea just to kind of allow people to see the inside sort of behind the scenes look at what a real life is for a device rep. So you're not going to hear anybody uh, peacocking about their recent sale. Uh, this is usually. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. No. <laughs> and, and, and unless Mitzi has a serious win, and then we have to get that in there. Uh, I've heard serious wins lately, so yeah, maybe. But we'll hell see yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but so just before we start diving into some of these stories, and you know, if this is a sort of first time listener to the podcast, or if maybe somebody you know listening to this isn't directly from medical device, we thought it would be a good, you know, be a good idea to just kind of level set here and sort of explain why we're doing it the way we're doing it, how we're going to set it up um, as we move forward. So there's going to be some anonymous submissions that are written. um, And that's a really big topic in medical device right now is sort of what is okay to be public and what isn't. And so you'll have some reps that feel comfortable sharing and you'll hear them come on like Mitzi and you'll have some people that aren't and they want to be protected. And so we're going to allow them to do that using fake names um, and, uh, or sharing anonymously through a written submission. So Mitzi, uh, do you want to tell the people out there in, in radio land, why people might be concerned about sharing some stories? I mean, obviously, so, you know, your number one concern is always your brand, right? You as an individual rep. And when we're working for some of us, you know, whether we've had prior experience or we have current experience working for like big name companies, we don't even have to say the name, you already know. Um, you have to protect yourself because you are an extension of everybody else's brand, right? So, um, not anonymity. All right. The whole purpose of this podcast and these stories is to, it's, it's relatability, it's experience. Um, and our whole business as individuals is based on experience, right? So we can only benefit from everybody else's stories, their experiences, and that's really, you know, why we want to keep it anonymous, if, if you prefer, because it's not about your name. It's really not about who you work for. And if you've been in this business long enough, you already know where these are coming from anyways. But um, it's really just about the the story itself. You know, what do you learn from this? How did this make you feel? And I think the more people listen to these stories, the more they'll relate. Everybody's going to relate to this stuff. Everybody. I mean, God, you tell one story and everybody's like, oh, shit, like I've been there. I've had that happen to me. You're like, oh, fuck, you know, fuck around and find out. Like, that's that's how it is. So, uh, yeah, whether you want to be anonymous or, you know, whether you want to put a name to it, entirely up to you. I mean, to be honest, we all know your name is either Anthony, Mike or Steve. So (laughs) it it really doesn't matter. (laughs) No, but um, I mean, as for you, like, I don't know about you, Julia, but like, I don't mind being, you know, out there and being like wholly transparent um because this is all stuff that like i i put my name behind any day of the week you know what i mean it's not about it's not about the company it's about the experience itself and helping other people out so it's like hey i'll tell you where i failed and i'll tell you like where i win and and my life story as far as like being in the military and then being like a rep has always just been 
hey, I'm here to tell you how I did it because I didn't feel like I had someone like hooking me up for success. Or even when I did, like I'll tell, I'll tell you those stories, but it's really about just like, hey, I'm trying to make your life a little bit easier. So if you can learn from my experience, let's just roll from there. You know, I don't care if my name's behind it or not. So that's yeah, where I'm coming. I love that. And and I think you're right in that, you know, there's, there's, you kind of have to make that decision at some point in your career. And it might be something that people make later, you know, kind of like you yeah. and I, where we're, we've been in the business a little bit longer. We sort of know that we have options. Like even if something were to sort of like, I don't know, upset someone down the line, uh, right. we're experienced enough to where we know our value. Uh, whereas younger people, um, or maybe people who haven't been as out there and don't have a personal brand and they're really just trying to survive every day, it's a lot scarier um, to put a story mm -hmm. out there, even if they think it's not that terrible, but it's like, hey, like, you know, am I at liability, right? So our goal right. is to protect you. Um, but Mitzi, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got into device, um, share it to your level of comfort, but I know everybody Ooh. wants to know. Okay, so... Yeah. So like I said earlier, um, I was in the military. I did five years in the Coast Guard. Uh, I did not do anything medical. I did join because I wanted to do medical stuff, but uh, I ended up, you know, going with the wind. I did a lot of like logistics, avionics, engineering stuff. Um, and then I was with my first husband at the time <laughs> and I ended up having a baby. I got out. I was going to school. I wanted to be a nurse. Uh, I come from a family of like Navy corpsmen and nurses, you know, the old school gang. And so I was like, nursing, that's the way to go. You know, I can get a job anywhere I go. So I was going to school down in Florida. Um, and a friend was like, yo, check out the scrub program because nursing, all the nursing programs had a waiting list. I mean, it was just, come on, everybody was trying to get into nursing back in like 2013. And um, so we like had an amazing program down in Florida. Uh, <laughs> shout out Gulf Coast, uh, Libby McNair. And I mean, we did everything, cast, prepped. Like we were fucking in the shit scrubbing craniotomies. It was a great program. So I loved it coming out of it. Um, I immediately moved up to New Jersey because my husband had was stationed in Atlantic City. Um, and so I started scrubbing and up there. Uh, New Jersey is like a completely different world. I know like no suturing, no, no fun. It's just like, you know, open your tray, do your damn thing. But I was lucky enough to where I was working at like this amazing surgery center um, with some really like, I'm not going to like name drop, but it's some really like phenomenal sports medicine guys who are doing like big business stuff. So lucky. I was pregnant again for the second time during all this. So I have some really great pictures of me pregnant, scrubbing ACLs and stuff with these guys. Um, and I just, I think, you know, Julia, you can probably like relate to this. It's like when you're a scrub tech, you kind of, the only other career, like if you want to fleet up, if you want to make rank or, or however you want to say it, um, you either contemplate like going back to school to become a nurse becoming a PA or becoming a rep. And that's really big down in Florida too. Like the majority of people became trauma reps and spine, spine reps. Like that's where the money was. So I'd applied to a big name company, not as a rep, as just like case support. And um, I went through the entire, you know, interview process. Um, I'm actually still like friends with people that I interviewed there, which is really funny now. We can joke about it. Like, oh, look where baby Mitzi went. Um, but anyways, they went on like a hiring freeze and I was just talking about it in the OR. Cause I was like, you know, everybody's asking, they're like, Hey, what happened with that? Like, what's going on? What are you doing? And another nurse, a, a nurse's son was also doing the same thing, but he's trying to go for rep. He ended up interviewing with this company for six months. 
like long process. Yes. Yes. And he got picked up. He became a trauma rep. Um, but at the same time, another rep, a sports medicine rep who was in the OR, who I worked with on a daily basis was like, Hey, like, I don't know, obviously like you're interested, you know, in getting into like this side of things. Um, I don't know if you'd be interested in like coming to work for us, but you know, we train you for sports medicine and then ultimately we need someone for trauma. And I was like, dude, search and rescue. Like that does not scare me. He's like, it's an on-call position. I legit went home. I talked to my husband. And I was like, Hey, you know, you know what the, the search and rescue life is like, like, this is just, this is my version of like search and rescue. It's an on-call position. It's this, it's that, but it's like got, you know, such great potential for like money, learning experience. And I've always been someone like, I have to just, I have to be challenged. I get bored so quickly. So went through that process. I ended up a quintiles associate, baby. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. If you hear that, you already know quintiles associate. So I signed up, I did the quintiles associate thing. Um, I did sports med. Love the guys I worked for, love the guys that I worked with. And then ultimately trauma picked up and they're like, Hey, your card's up, baby. Like we need you. So instead of getting like a full out like tutorial on this is trauma and like doing cases with people, I did like one or two cases with this one kid who had already been kind of been used and abused. Um, and he legit was like, Hey, I need you to cover this case. <laughs> I was like, dude, I have no idea like what's in the set. Like, what do you mean? Okay tell me this, tell me that, like, like what? He's like, just look up the technique guide. And then he sent me the fucking notes for the surgeon. I was like, look up the fucking technique guide. Like I'm used to being like in the military, like, Hey, we train. This is what it is. We train every single day. This is how you do this, this, and this, and this. So I ultimately like kind of got just like the battlefield promotion. It was like, this kid ended up leaving eventually no pass down two week notice. And I was like, all right, kid, you're up. So 70,000 fucking miles later on my car, like just banging out cases, like doing this, doing that. Uh, I got like a raw taste of like high level trauma life. It was like, Hey, we're doing a journal club, book a restaurant. You're like, what, what does that mean? What can I not do? What can I and not do? So you just, you learn real quick, texting engineers, texting compliance lawyers, saying what can I do what can I not do what are the rules of the road and you're doing this going like 75 fucking miles an hour to 80 on, on the parkway <laughs> like hey I got a hit now uh what's the depth of the recess of this screw so yeah long story short <laughs> right uh I pretty much just got like recruited as I went through and I like I took it as it came and I took advantage of like every opportunity I had so that's how I'm here baby I love it. And and that's so cool for people to hear that like a, you know, woman uh, going through, you know, sort of a military experience and then scrub experience and then trauma experience, sports med experience. And now you're doing foot and ankle, right? Yeah. So um, I went back to scrubbing for a little bit because I was like, you know what? Obviously, like I went through a divorce and uh, we're all good and everything, but I had two young girls and I was really like in a position to where I was doing things very much by myself. I was working for a company where it's like, we're on a so-called team, but you're, you're doing things by yourself all the time. And it's kind of like, you got to have your own back. And it got really hard to, you know, your cases start late. Your cases start late. A 7am case doesn't start till noon. And then it becomes 
unfortunately, sometimes it becomes a six hour case or, you know, you're at a hospital from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. or later. And that got really hard with two little girls. And I was just like, yo, I really have like, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be the mom who's not present and just making money and living at the hospital? Like that's, I, that doesn't sit well with me. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do. And we all got to earn our stripes. And once you get into it, it's fun. But at the end of the day, I knew for myself as an individual, like I need a little more balance. So I would planned on going back to scrubbing just so that I could like go through PA school. Cause all these, I mean, you know, like you're in the rep life, you make all these connections uh, with surgeons and you learn so much. Like you're sitting there like telling residents, you know, Hey, do this, do that. Like, this is a trick, do this. And it gets fun. You feel like a fucking fighter pilot. It's great. I love that like educational experience. I love giving people like little tips and tricks and be like, all right, throw this in here. Like throw this, throw this cortical screw down, suck that pleat down. Like, nope that distal femur screw that's always going to be a 36 like shit like that you just feel cool so I love that side of it but I was like all right I'm gonna go back to PA school and surgeons were like I will hire you you can do your hours here this and that it was a very supportive community which was great so 2020 COVID uh it's kind of like the last straw for me yeah I was like I can't I can't be in the OR like my kids are home um, so I went back to scrubbing, which was really hard, like going back from kind of running your own little mini business to, and telling people like how to do things or just being a supportive role to being like micromanaged. Like you got to clock in at 7am, you, you know, do this, this, and this. And it's like, you sink back into a role that it's like, people no longer look at you like, Hey, bail my ass out. They're like, sit down, shut up, pass me the fucking drape. You know what I mean? It just, it became like, ugh, ugh. And especially, you know, like with other scrub techs too, they would think like they have seniority over you. And it's like, bitch, I was just your rep like two weeks ago. Pick out that tailless. You show me a tailless on an x-ray and then we can fucking talk. They're like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm okay. I think I'll be all right. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard. So I did that and uh, this crew, they just came through and they're like, hey, um, I actually got a call from a competitive trauma rep, which made me feel good. He was like, yo, because uh, I went back to scrub in the area in which I scrubbed originally and was a trauma rep for. So it was all consistently the same people that I had, I had worked with over the years. But this trauma rep, Paul Neen, was just like, hey um they just lost people on this team it's a really great team and you know I had worked with these people in the OR um and they were known for just being like a unit like they moved together which I was so appealing to me because I did not have that experience I always wanted that team camaraderie and that like we have your back kind of camaraderie that I never got before so like hey they lost people do you want to go work for them so I started talking to them and then it was like hey we're making a move. Do you want to come with us? And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where we're working, but yeah, okay, I'll come with you. Like that ride or die scenario. So yes, I'm now doing foot and ankle. Um, and I love it. I work for a great company. I work for a great, a phenomenal team. I love the people that I work with. I love what I do. And it's kind of like a ride or die situation. It's like, whatever you need me to do, baby. Like I'm here for it. And uh, I get to work with the same people obviously because I my non-compete had ran out so uh yeah it's just we're living the dream right now it's pretty great
And that's awesome. And I think it's really cool that people get to know that like, hey, you can do multiple specialties. You can learn different divisions and be in different companies through your whole career. Because I I meet a lot of, uh, I'm not sure about, you know, you and kind of, I know that we both get hit up on LinkedIn a fair amount. And I know that I get some of the younger reps who are sort of like obsessing about maybe what division might be right for them. And it's like, man, Mm -hmm. just try, you know, like, Try it. And, and if you don't like it, there's a million other beautiful options. And once you start getting networking uh, opportunities and you take them and just, you know, say yes to every meeting, like it's kind of amazing how small our little world is. And all of a sudden, like opportunities just pop up. Um, but I definitely resonate with your sort of like being a rep for a long time and then going back to scrubbing. It's a very odd transition. Um, so it's a little bit rare that Mitzi and I have both done scrub rep, scrub rep. That is, yeah. that is not, <laughs> that is not super common and we both have children. So yeah. we're definitely kind of like little unicorns out here in the rep world, especially ortho, but I, I think it is hard. And I remember being very, uh, very worried about sort of having to give up some of my scope because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you're scrubbing a case with a surgeon who might be, let's just say, you know, whatever, making a judgment call that you're like, oh man, if I was a rep in this moment, I probably would have said something. And then you're like, but I can't now, like I am, I'm now a surgical tech. And like you kind of have right. to draw those lines. Like that can be very difficult, but I think it's also a really valuable experience for people to hear like, Hey, you know, so if I'm hearing you right now, and if I was a first time rep, or if I was a younger rep, I'd be like, oh my God. Some of my surgical techs might be ex-reps. People, so people, yeah, that I hadn't scrubbed with before, like, especially travelers or whatever, they would find out and they'd be like, oh, shit. Or even reps. Reps. That was the funniest part because, you know, like, female reps are very few and far between. So anytime we'd get, like, a male rep, especially if they were coming in to cover for the territory while somebody else is out, like it was kind of like a sit down and shut up scenario. It's like, yo, I'm not, I don't give attitude to reps, but at the same time, like, I'm like, bro, I got this. They're like, oh, Mitzi was a trauma rep. And then, then they'd be like, oh, really? Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I appreciate it. I was like, if I have a question, I'll ask you about it. But like, even yo, my replacement, the person who replaced me in my role, he'd come in and like do the cases and he would start like telling me how to do stuff. And I'm like, really, dude, really? Come on, man. Like, this is, this is just an easy case for you. Just sit there. Just sit there. Like, you kind of get, like, a little annoyed. You're like, I love you, and I know you're trying to do your job. But, like, even our competitive reps, they laugh all the time. They're like, they'd start in their spiel, and you're like, really, bro? Really? And they'd be like, I know, I know. You got this. You got this. I'm like, I will articulate if I need something from you. And that's, hey, mad respect. Like, you're just trying to do your job. But, like, you know. Like, as a rep, scrub tech rep, you're just like, bro, this is easy for you. Just hang out, hang out. I'm not going to be egocentric. Like I, if I have a problem or if I need something, I will legit let you know, but this is the easiest money that you're going to make in this next two seconds. Just make sure I have everything in the room. I have everything in the room that you have already fucking talked about. If you need this, if you need that, or like I would say it too, but like, Hey, you want to grab this for me? Hey, you want to grab that for me? Cause you know, as a scrub tech, you are like a million miles a minute. Hey, can you go grab like doll Wheatlanders for me? I know this guy likes doll stuff. Like that's the stuff I need help with. I just need you as a rep to know what you need in the room. If I need anything else, I will let you know. But yeah, no, I know he's going to fucking use this guide wire. I know he's going to use this fucking plate. I know he's going to use this fucking like, carry off the elevator. Like I was his rep. Like I was his girl. This is why I'm in this room right now. Come on, man. This is going to be over in 12 minutes. 
Yeah. And ready to swim into your life. Like, just sit back, enjoy the show. Yeah, relax. Well, and that's a really valuable piece of information. Like, I remember always going into rooms and, and you know, always asking sort of like, how can I be of help to you to the scrub tech? Yeah. Because not everybody is the same. And, and so when I went back to scrubbing, it was very bizarre. I mm-hmm. one time had a, a, a male rep came in and uh, we were using a calc plate from a company that shall not be named. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and he clearly hadn't studied. So he was trying to figure out the trajectory of the screws. And instead of just saying, Hey, I'm trying to remember the trajectory of the screws. Would you mind kind of like playing with me at the back table with some towers so I can right. check the angles, which is a lovely, transparent thing to say. I would much rather someone yeah. say, hey, like, this is like my first rodeo at this plate. Can we just double check this so I can visualize it? Right. Um, he didn't. He treated me like a like an average everyday scrub tech um, that maybe doesn't do <laughs> ortho. And he was just Missy. sort of like, yeah, this is my favorite. Would you do me a favor? Would you take one of these guys? I'm like, the tower? the drill guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, okay. And, and he was like, obviously working me through the price. And I just looked at him and I was like, you could have just asked if you needed me to verify these angles for you, bud. Full disclosure. I was a synthes rep. I know exactly what's going on right now. I got your back. Just be honest. I'll help you out. You know, and, and he was definitely kind of embarrassed. And I was like, it's okay if you didn't study for this or if you don't know your angles, but like just taking up a lot of my time because instead of just asking me to do the thing, you're like mm-hmm. trying to take me step by step through what you're secretly trying to figure out. And I find that disrespectful. I didn't say that, but in my head, I was right, right, like, right. it's like a waste of my time. Uh, but that's all like super valuable information. And I think that's like right. key for people to yeah. hear is like, hey, you got two people on this podcast right now who were reps who were yeah, scrubbing. <laughs> so well, that's the thing too. So like when I first came in, uh, my my lead rep was like, hey, like I just wouldn't tell people that you were a scrub tech. <laughs> Bro, that's the first fucking thing I'm saying. I'm like, yo, bitch, I ain't gonna contaminate your stuff. I was a scrub tech. And instantly they're like, oh, okay, all right. Because you know, like, you just get the attitude right off the bat. You're like, dude, I'm not trying to fucking tell you what to do. I'm here for you because you have some people who are like, where's the rep? Why aren't you setting me up? Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, but then you have people where if you come in and you do that, they're like, don't you dare get that fucking laser pointer out. Don't you dare do this. Don't tell me how to live my life. And you're like, bro i'm just i'm here for you whatever you need you want me to tell you what to do i'll tell you what to do you don't want me to say a lick i won't say a lick i'll write down the numbers pass them on to the circulator you do you boo like point is i'm gonna get my asshole reamed by the surgeon if you are not passing him the correct thing you are gonna get your asshole reamed but you're gonna look at me when you get your butthole reamed and then i'm gonna get my shit reamed so either way this is a lose-lose scenario i am here to assist you you want me to make you look good i'll make you look good but let's be like 100 with each other and i think that's one thing that's like actually people think that because you're a female especially a female rep that you're going to be more easily accepted by the females of the or and it's not like that females tend to be more hard on other females than the other male reps like let's be real let's be real how many times have you been a scrub tech and that male rep leaves the room. They're like, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, McDreamy over here. Come on, girl. You know what I mean? Like, it, I feel like it's easier for them to be like a doe-eyed dipshit dude and get away with it. As soon as you're a female and you fuck up once, they're like, you're done. We're that is, done here. That is real. And people, people have not often understood what I'm talking about until they get into the OR. And I'll warn 
like younger female associates, like lead, lead with your knowledge, lead with intelligent questions, have a book that you write in, keep track of your cases. And sometimes their senior reps will be like, you know, it's not that crazy. Like they're like, they're fine. I'm like, you don't get what it's like, you know, like the first time they see us, that whole OR is like ortho female. Oh, that's interesting. Wonder if she knows what she's doing. Right. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, especially they're looking for blonde hair. They're looking for like, you know, Botox, all that shit. And even if you do, that doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing. Like they're just waiting for an excuse to discredit you. Like she did not earn her spot here. She is literally here because she knows someone. She knows someone and somebody got her into this job, which, hey, let's be honest, like 99% of the fucking rep world is somebody got you in. Somebody got you in, whether it's because, hey, I trust her or him. I've seen how they operate in a different, you know, capacity or whatever your story is. You know, it's hard. Madam device rep, she could tell you right there. That's what she's basing the majority of her business on, right? Is getting people into the business, exposing people, getting them an in, just getting them an in. We all know it's hard enough out here getting interviews anywhere else, but especially med device. Why? Because this is top of the fucking food chain. When you start talking about more money, people get extra freaking selective. It's who you know, who knows you. That's it. Point blank. Totally true. And like, and like to the point of that sort of like small community, that small world, like how did you treat competition in the hallway, for example? Anybody who's met me, like it is what it is. Like I talk shit, right? This is, this is just like a military thing. I'm the little sister. I've always been the little sister in every scenario at home in the OR with reps, but especially and in the military too, you know, being a female in the military, like I hate to say it. I'm going to say it. You're either (laughs) two things. You're either a bitch or you're morale. And I would be damned if I was going to be morale. Like I was just like, I'm sassy. Like that's just very much my personality. So I will say this, like, as I've gotten older, um, I had to really push myself to like, like I had a senior lead who would be like very pushy and like be aggressive, be this, be that, because he came from a different company that shall not be named. So there's very much like a mentality already present, right? With our older leadership, our older reps who have a lot of experience. They have this mentality, this bro mentality, and it's very aggressive. So I came in and I tried to just teach myself to be more aggressive because I wasn't really, I was sassy, but I wasn't like super aggressive. I was like, no, like if you want to use my stuff or if you want to do this, and I'm still like that. But I went through a phase to where I got aggressive with people and I would like establish my territory, which is actually pretty like funny and ironic in hindsight, because I'm like this little girl, like all the time they're like, are you old enough to be in the OR? Like, meanwhile, they don't know, they don't know who I am or how old I am. Right. Or like, I've been in the military. I have two kids. Like I'm like in my thirties, they don't know this, but like, you have to kind of like establish your dominance. So nowadays it's more like, I just shoot the shit. Even with competitive reps now that know me, it's just like, I talk shit. I'm like, yo, where's my invite to the wedding? You know what I mean? Because we're supposed to be like pitted against each other all the time. But my thing was like, no, like I help you out. I get calls all the time saying like, hey, this case just came up. Is this you? And I'm like, oh no, that's so-and-so. And I call him up and I'm saying, hey, just a heads up. Like they're trying to figure out your trays right now. Your fucking delivery guy's here. Like, your boy's here. Just a heads up. You might want to get this fixed out. You know why? Because at the end of the day, everybody can agree on this. It's about service. 
it's about service and being dependable and you're going to get a case based off merit. If you're in a territory with me, you're going to get a case because it's based off merit. Pure and simple. Yeah. And that's, that's so, it's so valuable too, because like having that mentality of, you know, uh, it's a really small world. I'm going to do the right thing for the patient. I'm going to be ethical in how I treat my competition, my surgeons and my patients and my team. If you just go by that credo, you know, sometimes you're going to be really nice to competition and I am a hundred percent okay with that because that right. just means like you're going to get a reputation in your industry and your region for being kind of a stand-up gal. And that yep. can come through. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been thankful of a positive boomerang because of that. Right. Like, oh, thank God. You know, I was actually really nice to that specific person. Hey, maybe they're now hired by my company. You never know who your boss is going to be. You know, that happens right. a lot look, in medical device. <laughs> look how, like, I got this job. That competitive rep called me up and was like, yo, immediately, like, I thought of you. And it's like, I'd rather be, I'd rather be the person who's known for, A, knowing everyone. I know everyone. I know what's going on with everyone. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd rather be a resource. I'd rather be known as a resource than known as a petty, petty rep, right? Because we all know those petty reps. And I don't know about you, but like, I've gotten enough calls to where I know that I'm on the right track. People come to me regardless if they know the answer or not. Like, hey, like I used to work for this company. Hey, are you coming in for this distal radius? <laughs> it's like, bro, I haven't been with this company for like two years. <laughs> are you kidding? I go, no, but I know who that is. I'll give them a call. And I give them a heads up and I say, hey, I just got a call from so-and-so. You might want to check this out. And then they're like, oh, that wasn't even me. That was for somebody else. You know what I mean? Or even like, yo, I've had surgeons. I've had surgeons where I give them shit. I'm like, oh, you're using so-and-so. Ah, uh, you know what I mean? And I'm just legit just giving them shit just to burn, bust their balls, like have a good laugh. And then I'll get a call out of the OR. And he's like, I'm in surgery right now. There's no fucking screwdriver in this tray. Not even my tray. And I'm like, give me two seconds. Text one of my boys up who I know used to work for this company and say, Hey, what's the screwdriver on this? And they're like, Oh shit, man. That's like a, that's a custom 1.5 hex screwdriver. You're not going to get that anywhere. And I told him like, yo, <laughs> you're kind of shit out of luck, man. But Hey, there is a trade. This, these are your options. This is what you got downstairs. Right? So you and I both know that your first year is going to be dedicated to you learning your products, your products, your specs, what's in all of your trays, your second year should definitely be learning everybody else's shit. Learning what's at your facility. Because I don't know how many times I've had to say they're doing removal of hardware or that instance where that guy's like, hey, I got this tray, no screwdrivers in it, what do I do? All right, who has a screwdriver that size? Who has a screwdriver this? What's already there? Yo, opening reamers. Like this is where you start becoming a master of your craft. What can we pull from other trays? Because you have already spent all this money with a patient on the freaking table at this point i don't give a fuck about my commission it's not even about that it has never been about that for me it's always been troubleshooting you're there when shit hits the fan that's what matters that's what they're going to remember who is there when shit hits the fan and even if i don't have an answer for you i'm like wow my answer is you're fucking shit out of luck and you got to open another tray and you're gonna have to use something different the respect is you are the person, you're the wedding planner. When the doves fucking explode, what else are you going to bring out? Right? <laughs> you, you know, like, that's what it is. You are the wedding planner of the OR. You are there as a silent hand to make sure that that patient, that they've already spent thousands of dollars getting asleep and on the table, 
this doesn't become even more of an issue, that is your time to shine. So I don't give a fuck if you know about your product. That's great. In your first year, everybody should. But the rest of your career should be about knowing what size drill bit so-and-so is using, even for a push lock or, or you know, an all-suture anchor or whatever. Hey, I'm doing a totally random case, but I know that they just dropped a pin and, yo, Arthrex has disposable kits on the shelf and they have a 2.4 drill bit or a 1.7 drill bit. Open it up, baby. I don't care if I'm making money. I'm making that money today. That's not what it's about. I am there as an event coordinator. I am there to make sure everything needs to go how it needs to go. You are an asset. You are a resource. That's what it's fucking about. Point blank. Yeah. And, and I love that. I love that you call it being the wedding planner because I think there is sort of that sense of like, you want to walk in the OR and have them be relieved to see you. Like yep. you want the emotional response to be, right. oh, cool. You're here. Not okay, so you're here for your particular company. Hope everything else is okay. It should be this like overwhelming wash of relief, no matter what. And once yeah. you've gotten that, that's that's the real key. That's when you start becoming super valuable to your point. Like that's when you become a master of your craft. And it's when people start recognizing your name, knowing who you are. And so for anybody who's like starting out in the business, maybe has a senior rep who's a little bit more, um, I don't know, traditionally competitive where it's like, Hey, I see a mistake about to be made by another company. Maybe they didn't bring a tray in, da, da, da. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to let that go. That's on them. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, careful of that person. Because like, mm -hmm. that's a great short-term strategy, but it's horrible for the patient. It doesn't make you look any better versus like going and getting the brownie point of like really solving a problem and going out of your way to help make sure that the proper care is received. I've, I've never met anybody who has, uh, who has regretted taking care no, of it first never but not even that like i feel good because i mean let's be real if we're if we're opposing reps in the same or and i just save your ass karma baby karma because there will come a day there will come a day unfortunately where i need my fucking ass saved and i'm gonna look your direction i'll be like hey remember that one time bitch i need you to bail me out right now do you have this drill bit? Do you have this, you know, retractor? Do you have this plate? Because this is what we're looking at here. And it's more of like a, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. This is an ecosystem here. Let's be real. And unfortunately, like there are some businesses that would remain unnamed. Uh, but there are some uh, styles of repage, as I like to say, that do not condone that. And I think that is a very... That's not going to work for you in the long run, dude. It's not. It's just not. You're going to have to learn to thrive in this ecosystem. And we all know we have our favorites. Like we have even reps that gang up together, right? Like opposing companies that gang up together and they're like, nah, fuck this guy. Like we're going to, we're going to keep the business here or whatever. All right. We'll, we'll admit it. But like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your loyalty is to your surgeon. Your loyalty is to your surgeon. It's to your facility. And that's what it's about. And this, this whole business, this whole business is based off service and favors and that's it. Well, and, and anytime you do something unethical, I feel like it, it's so easy to get caught. And I just love watching it happen because it's usually pretty swift. So I watched a guy, uh, I watched a guy who was a, a full line rep for a company. Mm -hmm. um, and I was with a trauma company at the time that was a competitor and there was a pelvis on the board. 
And mm-hmm. this uh, full-on rep did not have spring plates. So pelvic spring mm-hmm. plates are obviously pretty niche. Uh, but when you need uh-huh. them, you need them, you know? And we actually had them peel-packed at the facility. And this guy was so competitive. He he hid the spring plates. And, of course, he got caught. Because, like, we know it's there. And right. it's like, you know, and all it takes is one person, like the surgical tech, going to the surgeon and saying, hey, just so you know, I know you requested spring plates. And when I went back to go get them, like so-and-so actually like purposely hid them. Do you really need them? Like that's mm-hmm. all it, all it is, is one innocent question of like, do you, you need them, right? Like, should I go yeah. talk to that guy? Uh, yeah. And you'll never recover from that. It's it's really hard because that's your reputation. It only takes one. Your time. Yep. One oh, yeah. horrible decision against patient care. Right. And you're, it's over. I mean, this is very, everyone says it. It's a very incestuous industry, right? So not only are you going to probably maybe go work for like other companies that are in the same area, but scrub techs, scrub techs and nurses, man, they work in the same area for long periods of time. And if anything, they just, they circle around hospitals. And I can tell you right now, like the person that I work for, they had a nickname for him. They had a nickname for him. And anytime they're like, oh, you're working for this person. And they would say his nickname. And I'd be like, yep. And they're like, oh, we've got stories. Everybody's got stories. Exactly. Exactly, dude. And that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, there are so many books, like 48 Laws of Power, The Prince, like all these books that say your your reputation is all you have. Your reputation is legit all you have. So at the end of the day, you better be able to sleep at night. If somebody's asking you to do something unethical, don't do it, man. Yeah, Don't do it. It carries you through your entire career. And it's funny because I've definitely gotten into like, you know, not necessarily toe to toe, but some pretty heated, some pretty heated uh, conversations with like state leadership. That's like, you know, you're not drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. And it's like, hey, like I I've, I'm 23 years in. Um, I like the reputation that I've built. I love yeah. that my ex-coworkers. I got a uh, I got a postcard from an ex-coworker recently. It's like adorable. Like he went on some fishing trip with his dad and he's like, I want to send you a postcard. I was like, okay, that's success, right? Like that's success. If it's like, if everyone around you knows that aside from company, you're Mm -hmm. supportive there and you're knowledgeable. Like I would rather have that as a thread through. Well, not only that, why else are you hiring me, bro? If I have like this resume, why else are you hiring me? You're hiring me because I have the relationships. Okay, well, I have the relationships because I have this reputation that I uphold. So if you're not down with my brand, then maybe we shouldn't be in this partnership together. If you don't believe in what I'm doing, I mean, obviously you believed in it enough to hire me, then we need to have like a more in-depth conversation because I am where I'm at because of what I've done so far. I don't tell you how to wipe your ass when you wake up, right? Don't tell me how to wipe mine. Like this is, this is my community. And you know, according to your territory, like, and it's even more so when you scrub in that area, bro, you know, all the relationships, you know, everybody's relationships, you know, who's married to who, how many times they've been married to who, like, you know what I mean? This is very much your community. And like, I work in a very niche community where it's not like a typical city where you, anybody can come in, anybody can sell something. It's a big metropolis or whatever. No, this is very much like surgeons grew up here. Surgeons went to school locally and then they came back to work here. This is a community, baby. And people crack jokes on the Philly bros, like the Philly frat bros, right? This is a very, my area specifically is a very relationship-based facility. 
So if you are not here with the most pure and righteous intentions, you're not going to survive here. You're not. You're going to spend a lot of time trying to get in. And then once you get in, you're going to burn out very quickly (laughs) and they're going to notice it. And then that's even more fuel as to why they stick with the same reps because they need people who are loyal. They need people who are dependable and loyal and who are going to be there. So girl, I feel like I'm just like, "Mm." no, at the end of the day, if you don't like what I'm doing or how I'm doing it, and it's purely because you feel like I need to be this and I need to be that. And I need to be like, you know, taking people out left and right. I'm going to tell you right now, you come down here then. You come down here and you do that. And you show me how successful you are doing that. Not going to happen. But that's because, not- that's because you're strong in your conviction. And, and I love that. And I think that people really need to understand that that is like, you know, I'm not going to say it's rare because I think that there are, you know, there is a certain type yeah. of, of successful rep that's certainly like that. That's pretty common eventually as you see people mm-hmm. go further in their career to kind of like, hey, I'm sticking to my guns and no, thank you. Right. Um, but it is harder, I think, for some of the younger reps to be like, hey, my manager is telling me to do this. Like, when can I challenge? When can I, when can I say, actually, no? Right. I mean, so that's hard because I came in like that too, right? So I had like that military mentality where it was like, uh, do as I say, do as I say. And I have to earn my stripes and I have to prove myself and I have to bury bodies and I have to just go hard for the brand, right? Go hard for the brand, which is like one of the rules of the West. I love it. But at the same time... You need to learn to articulate yourself. And the earlier you learn to articulate yourself, the better it's going to be for you. So when somebody asks you to do something ultra conservative, learning to articulate yourself and saying, can you please explain to me like the theory behind this? Why are we doing this? Like, I just want to know for me, like, I don't come from the business. Like, can you explain to me like what the meaning behind this is? You know what I mean? Um, And there have been times where like I get to a point you know, you get in and you're going balls to the wall. You have an email week. You're like 80 hours in, you're doing trauma. And people would say this. They'd be like, go do this. Okay. I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not doing that. And then they, and I would do what I need to do. And I just get whatever I need to get done. And if they were like, hey, why didn't you do this? Or whatever, which half the time it wouldn't even come up because shit worked itself out. But they'd be like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And I'd be like, because so-and-so wasn't in the office or so-and-so had a dinner with here, or I made a decision based on this. What are you going to do? Fire me? No, because you adapt to the situation, right? If you cannot explain it to me and give me justification and why I'm doing this, and I'm not posing it as a challenge, but I'm posing it as a, please give me a reason to do this. Please give me more guidance as to why I should be doing this or how I should be doing this. If you can't even do that, all right, then like decisions already been made. Yeah. It becomes the like, Hey, not a problem, but tell me why. Yeah. So much of our lives are triaging, critically thinking and having to really like pivot in the moment to like, do I have time for this today? Is this the right dis- you know, decision today? Right. Does this go along with my further strategy for my territory, which is a whole separate right. topic for another day. But like, well, that's-, that's the thing too. Yeah. If you're going to ask the question of that, you got to ask the question of yourself. Right. Like, I'm not about just challenging for the sake of challenging. I mean, sometimes I am. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But a lot of the time is, all right, if I've asked myself this and how does this align with the goal? Like, if you haven't already come out with your business plan 
and been like, this is how I want to represent myself. So that's another thing, right? Is people will tell you to do things and you're like, this is just not who I am. Like this, and being a female is even worse because, uh, yo, bro, like we don't operate the same. We don't communicate the same. Our, we're not the same human being. We're going to be seen as very different human beings and how you're seen and how I'm seen are completely different. So we'd have good cop, bad cop. We have ultra business. I'm someone I just care. I want to like help everybody kind of thing, like an altruistic thing. I'm just like, I just want to be here. I just want to help you guys. But that, that was my thing. So having someone who is ultra business telling me to do ultra business things that I did not have experience in, it felt so foreign and unnatural. And that's not, that's not kosher. Like anybody who has good experience and knows how to teach people like you really have to teach your you have to treat your associates like they're your children you really do not in like a demeaning way or anything like that you have to you have to like mold them and be like a parent and be like all right listen you fucked up that's fine let's learn from this let's talk about this or hey i want you to go do this office visit yo i'm not gonna send people out to go do an office visit when they've never done an office visit before that's gonna fuck up the vibe for everybody then you're going to look like a fucking idiot. We're all going to look like a fucking idiot. No, I'm going to make you come though to every fucking office visit with me so that you can learn the vibe. You can learn how we interact. You can learn how we communicate with one another. Doctors, because this is a completely different world, right? This business, it's completely different. There's nothing else like it. I will tell you, it's coming from the OR. I said like the closest thing to working in the military was being in the OR, just more females. Like the way everybody talks, we shoot the shit. We're brash with each other. Like, However, there is a different way of doing things, especially when you get over to the other side of the table, when you have a rep surgeon relationship, which can be very hard for people coming from the OR, whether you're a nurse or you're a scrub tech and you're coming over to the rep life. Just that alone, that transfer over alone is very complicated and you feel very weird and you feel very unsure of yourself. So you really need a strong lead who's just coming from a, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to give you confidence because that's what it takes. I'm going to give you confidence through showing you and teaching you and leading you. You're going to be my shadow. And if people aren't doing that, which sometimes they aren't, that's where you get problems with your associates. When you don't have a strong lead, who's treating them like a shadow and giving them that boost of confidence by just like, this is how you're living your life, dude. You're one of the dogs. I got to teach you how to be a dog in the pack. And when you don't get that, that's when you have issues. And that's when you have problems. And it's amazing how many people have not learned that by now. It's incredible. But- yeah, it's it's kind of sad. It's almost like, you know, I, I think sometimes it becomes a sense of like, is this associated threat to my future income? And and that dynamic is so toxic and and scary quite frankly because it's like hey you know if if now i I think about it all the time like if i was new coming in you know i'd probably say hey uh just like let me know the groundwork here is this going to be two years and i'm cut or like and and there's no spot for me or is this two years because you know that there's room for me on the team you're seeing me as a future partner like 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 what is my what is my role here and if anybody was like i don't know i'll have to see i'd be like i'm done i'm out because they're not planning on you being there or they're not sure if there's a place. Yeah. I knew associates who were like, no, the common, I mean, we all asked that. We're like, okay, so how long do I need to have to be a quintiles associate before I become my own person? How long do I have to do this before I become my own person? Say, listen, 
these are the rules. The more business that we grow, the more money we make, the faster we can cut you in. Point blank. Like, that's what it is. And I'm a very, like, upfront, brutal, honesty type of person. Like, that's another thing with, like, you're like, oh, females are so vulnerable. No, I'm a very, like, cut it dry kind of person. If you had just said that straight out, five-second statement, hey, the more business we have, the more money we're going to make, the easier and the quicker you're going to become permanent party and you're going to make money. Boom. That's all the incentive I need. But when you keep people on the hook and you're like, oh, just keep going. People, I mean, how many people do you know did these like associate programs through third party? Who <laughs> did it for like three years? Bro, three years? Are you kidding me? I would have been out 18 months. I'm giving you 18 months of my life. If you haven't drastically improved my life, quality of life in 18 months, you're fired. I'm out of here, man. Why? Because there's another company and they say it all the time, right? Trauma is like top of the food chain. If I bust my ass for 18 months and I've proved to you that I can do this job and you come back to me with like this disrespectful shit, I've buried bodies for you. I have like shown that I am more than up for doing everything and anything and like being down for the group and I get shit in return. Yeah, you better fear me because guess what? I am going to go work for that fucking competitor who's showing me money, showing me a contract, showing me a willingness to work with me for me. I'm going to that company. And yeah, that reputation I just built on service and integrity, I'm taking it fucking with me, bro. You should be afraid of that. And a lot of the time, unfortunately, especially with females, they don't take that shit seriously. Yeah. And, and that, that kind of relationship that you set up, I mean, from the other side as like a senior rep, I mean, I, I remember vividly being thankful that I was nice to my associates and treat, <laughs> and like, and like, not like nice, like, Hey, you don't have to work a lot, but I mean, like, you know, I was very firm, um, but I gave them a good fair, training fair but, firm. Fair right. but firm because I had an associate who I trained and he, you know, cut territory and was a synthesizer for a long time. And then he went and he left. And so we like stayed in touch a little bit, but I didn't hear from him for, you know, probably a couple of years. Right. And then one yeah. day uh, I got a text from him and it was a picture of my office, like my, my personal office in my Woo! local branch yeah. and at a, at a different company, I was working for a different company by then. And he's like, Oh, look at you with your little office, little miss thing. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing in my office? And it turns out he'd yeah. taken a job with my company, like my company for, for joints. And I was yeah. like, damn, I'm glad we have a good relationship because look at that boomerang. The more you're in it, the, yeah. the, the smaller the circles get. Yes. Um, so, so now that everybody kind of knows how awesome you are and just a little bit about your philosophy on sort of like what it is to be a proper sort of like functional uh, rep. Uh, do you have right. any particular story that you want to close this out on? Oh, any particular story? Oh, that's so hard. Um, all right. I, I will say this. It's more of just like a general overall like statement to, it made me feel really good about who I was like as a rep, right? So like I left, I went back to scrubbing. I kind of felt like shit. Like you kind of fall into a depression. It's much like people who go through a graduate program and then they graduate and then they're like, now what? Like, uh, wah, wah. I will say this. All right. So when I came into like being a rep, I was very like hard for the guard. So to say, I was like very gung ho, proving myself like aggressive, you know, earn my stripes, prove I'm just as good as the guy next to me who's been doing this for 10 years. Like I have what it takes. I've got the gumption. I've got the spirit. I can do this. And a lot of people are the first to be like, you'll never be like so-and-so. 
you'll never be this person. You'll never be like this person, especially they're just like, you're like, you're a mom, like no offense, but like you're a mom, your priorities are out. Bitch, don't talk to me about my priorities. But, and a lot of people didn't say it out of like being mean. They weren't trying to like put you down. They're just trying to like state a fact. They're like, you'll never be so-and-so. We'll never be like this. They're like, I'll never be like this. I'll never be this person. And I really took that personally because I'm like, you could ask anybody that I worked with through the military, even if I pissed them off. Like if I got in trouble, the first thing they would say is, well, we can't say anything about your work. They're like, we can't say anything about your work, uh, impeccable, all this stuff. So I really tried to do the best that I could and be on that for anyone, regardless of being a mom. And I believe me, I had like a two year old. I was up before she woke up. I was home a lot of the time after she went to bed. I went to all the dinners, even for, you know, things that weren't my department. Um, I hit it hard because I really wanted to prove my worth in the industry and what I could bring to the table. And I could be a team player and I could help. I could be part of SEAL Team Six, right? So to say. And so I left, I came back to scrubbing. And I remember I was scrubbing in one day with one of like my favorite doctors and I'm at the surgery center and this competitive rep comes in and he goes, um, I'm like, yeah, we're in this room. We're in this room. I'm, you know, I'm scrubbing. I got my letter. I'm like, Hey, but yeah, we're going to be in like room two, whatever. This is what's going on. Blah, blah, blah. I already got your shit open. You know, like I've already done all the prep. This guy just comes in and he goes, wait a second. Are you Mitzi? And I go, yeah. And he goes, wait, are you trauma Mitzi? Like Mitzi who did trauma? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh shit. And I was just like, yeah, baby. Like now we're in it. You know what I mean? I was like, better recognize. And then even that competitive rep, who people always compared me to. He was the one who called me and was like, hey, these guys just lost two guys off their team. You want to go work for them? Like it felt good because it felt like, yo, people actually like saw what I did and were giving me like credit because I didn't even get credit from like the, the team that I worked on. Like it was just bad blood when I left, it was bad blood. And, um, I didn't even get credit from the people that I worked with. So to leave and to go on and like go back to scrubbing and to have someone who I'd never met before, who like was very specific, who didn't do trauma, but he was in a very specific department. And he was like, wait a second, are you so-and-so like, that means people are talking about you people have recognized you people are like yeah watch out for this chick or whatever and i'd go to other places too and they'd be like oh shit you're that one chick aren't you and you're like yeah baby <laughs> and then they're like oh okay or like to still get text messages i would still get text messages from residents saying like hey like what's the specs on this or the specs on that like it really it made me feel good because it made me feel like i wanted to be the person that was there for you and i accomplished what i wanted to do to the fact that you're still comfortable like coming to me and asking me about things that makes me feel good i always ever just wanted to be a resource and not gonna lie i kind of wanted to make like people shit their pants a little bit and say like yeah maybe she's not so and so but mitzi's mitzi and she fucking knows everybody she knows all the scrub texts she scrubbed with these people like she was a trauma rep she was this she was that like i wanted people to just feel like so secure and so happy when they knew that I was in their room. And I really got that. Like the doctors were like, yes, Mitzi's in my room. I would scrub with the same surgeons, you know, multiple like facilities. I would do Mondays with this joint guy. I would do Tuesdays with the sports guy. And then I would do like Tuesdays or Thursdays with, you know, the foot and ankle guy. 
and I had everything there. And the biggest thing was like this nurse practitioner who is a, who was an assist. He'd be like, you know, the screwdriver's that ratchet or whatever. I'd ratchet it and hand it to him. He's like, is this? And then he would just use it and be like, Mitzi's like the only person we don't have to like tell to do shit. I'm like, come on, dude. Or like I put the torque limiter on there and like give him a screwdriver and they'd be like, all right, now we're fucking turning and burning. Or they put you in a room because they know like, hey, we got to get out of here by five o'clock. Uh, you think you can knock out this ankle fracture in like a half hour? Like, I'm not the doctor, bro. But they're like, hey, you you can push up, like you can get it going, right? I'm like, we got it. Just give me all my shit. Let's go. And then to know that people had faith in you, that is like my greatest feeling, period. Whether I was a rep or as a scrub tech, like that's what it comes down to, right? Because that's what you work, you, that's what you work for. The money follows, right? But it's that, that like people feeling comfortable with you knowing your shit and knowing that you are there with their best interest at heart. Like that's, that's what it's all about. So that's the only story I got right now. No, that's, that's, that's gorgeous though. And I think it's also really, uh, it's a really important thing for people to remember and understand that like, that's another way to succeed. So when you're, you know, an associate or if you're a junior rep and you feel like, Hey, like, I don't feel like my team is respecting me. I don't feel like, you know, like, you know, you're constantly trying to please Stop it. Stop trying to please like, just do the right thing, do the job. And remember to step outside of yourself every now and then and be like, okay, but like, I'm doing a good job, right? Regardless of, you know, whether or not you're getting cookies from your senior rep, like other people are noticing and that will bring you opportunity. And that's nice to remind people like, Hey, your whole future doesn't necessarily hinge on that one person. No. And it's hard when you're, when you're a people person or a people pleaser, and a people person but when you're a people pleaser girlfriend like that was my definition ultra people pleaser you are constantly looking for that affirmation and you're not going to get it from everybody but part of like growing up and maturing is knowing doing things in faith knowing that hey i'm doing this for me because i know that this is the right thing to do but in the end your affirmation comes from your reputation because look you leave just because your team doesn't appreciate you or whatever doesn't mean somebody else isn't. You think people aren't talking about you? People aren't like, hey, that Cynthia's rep over there, man, she's a killer. Like somebody else is recognizing that. And you become very close with the hospital staff too. How many jobs I had lined up for me, like as a scrub tech, even coming back because I was a good rep, because I did right by people and because I gave a shit. And that follows you everywhere. Like that's really undeniable. So if you just continuously, continuously, continuously lead with like your own mission, like my mission was just to be there for everybody or as many people as I could be there for, not give excuses. If I fucked up, I said it, my bad. This is what I was working with. I apologize. It's never going to happen again. Learn from it. Write it down in your book. Keep going. Be better. That should be, that should be your goal. Be better. If you're on a shitty team, fuck it. You're there for the experience, right? Make a name for yourself. It's very much like army of one, you know, we're here for as a collective, but unfortunately when we recognize that we're on a shitty team, you got to just say, all right, well, chalk it up, man. I'm on a team that like everybody hates each other or is like at each other's necks or super competitive. Fuck it. What do I want out of this? Get what you're going to get out of it. And as soon as you're saying, when do I leave? Like, unfortunately for me, I had an incident happen. It literally just took someone saying, bold ass shit to me where I was like the audacity but I said the feelings that this situation brought up in me I was like listen I have legit 
gotten from this, all that I'm going to get from this. I've made some friends with inside the company. I've learned a lot. I respect who I respect. I don't respect who I don't respect, whatever. But I've learned. I've built trays. I've built so many fucking trays with my hands. My house looked like a fucking factory. Like, holy shit. Like a trauma, Christmas trauma at Mitzi's house. You needed a screw. I fucking had it. You needed a VA hand. I fucking had it, baby. Like, I was very proud of myself because I built the trays. I took the pictures. I hooked the SPDs up. I sent shit out. I learned so much about the business, about allotments, about tray volume, tray turnover, um, how to get things, you know, approved, things like that. I had learned so much that I was like, listen, I've already learned as much as I'm going to learn. That is the phrase right there. I've learned as much as I'm going to learn from this company. I'm out. And I gave hefty fucking notice. I did not get two weeks. I gave like 12 weeks notice. I was like, yo, you got three months to find my replacement because I cared about what I had built. I wanted someone to come in and take it over. I was just like, I don't want this anymore. Find someone to take this over. I will train them because guess why? We lead things just as good, if not better. We lead, that's how we lead things, right? None of this like two weeks notice shit, which sometimes I get it. That's whatever. But as a female, like I was very much like, no, this was my baby. I wanted my baby to be adopted and well taken care of. I give you three months notice. Please hire someone. I will train them whatever you need done. But I'm out. I'm fucking out. And look, it worked out. You know, I had to go through a year of like harsh ass shit, scrubbing during COVID and all that stuff. And I kind of burn out. I was burnout out bad. Took on a lot more than I wanted to after that. But um, it worked out because I had this team come through and they were just like, we want you. We want you. Like, we want you. And that, to me, like, that meant more than anything. So I'm, like, forever loyal to this team. No, that's 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 a great point. I mean, and, like, you know, I, I definitely have gotten questions about why I left my previous situation. And, I mean, one of the best reasons is, hey, like I'm getting my MBA. I want to use it. Right. I want to use it. And I was looking around at the leadership, like, I can't learn anything from these guys. Like, I right. got to go. Man, I was always thirsty for like mentorship. I didn't come from a family where like I had college paid for and I had this and that. Like I had to join the military. I had to do this. I had to do that. I've I've always been like a survivor, like an independent survivor type. Do what I got to do. And so I learned very early that life is literally about jumping through hoops. Maybe those hoops are on fire, but you got to jump through hoops to get where you want to go. And that's purely it. You crave the mentorship. You want the experience and you want the people who will just take you under your wing. You're like, dude, I could take over the whole fucking company. If one, that one special person would just take you under their wing and, and just say, be my shadow. That alone is invaluable. And how many people squander those fucking opportunities, squander those opportunities is like sickening. So anytime I would get an opportunity and I would just like leech, I would like latch onto someone. I'd be like, please, like, I will learn your coffee order. You know why? Because there's a surgeon, there's a surgeon out there. He likes his coffee a certain way. Once you learn his coffee, like there's something to be learned from every single thing about this whole process. It is your ability to fucking recognize that. It's your perception, your attitude. Legit. It, and it's your job to keep up that relationship. Like, I think I'm really like, you know, I'm really fortunate that, you know, back in whatever, 2007 or whatever it was, when I started with Synthes, I had a really incredible senior rep um, who had been doing the job since 1981, right? So I had an OG 
OG yeah. Cynthia's rep. And because he was so uh, dynamic, bright, knew everybody, knew everything, challenged me a lot. Like, I mean, he yeah. actually, like, now that I've trained associates, I'm kind of shocked at how much rope he gave me. Um, yeah. But he really let me fly. And we still talk. And I remember I had kind yeah. of a rough year. I was very busy this year. I, you know, I'm in school, uh, I'm changing jobs. Like, and so we kind of lost touch for like six months and he was so cute. He would like text me like, Hey, just checking in on you kiddo. Like, how you doing? And so, and, but we have the kind of relationship where I texted him maybe a few weeks ago and I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I've been so ghost, you know, like it's been a really tough year. Can I buy you sushi? Cause every time I think of calling you, I need more than half an hour. Like, I can't, I can't get out what I need to get out on a small phone call with you and he's like let's do this and so I drove a couple hours and we had sushi and wine and we just chatted about everything and it's like now that is a senior fucking rep who's like I don't care if I'm retired I don't care if like whatever come on by and and that's what I wish for everyone is that you have that you have that kind of relationship that like you know, companies be damned, retirement be damned, yeah. <laughs> like, your friends. Well, it's the art of it too. It's like you learn, yo, once you get in this, you are fucking in the matrix, baby. <laughs> like this is it. You know why? Because anybody who knows you have to learn just as much as the fucking residents do just as much as the surgeons do. And anybody who dedicates that much time and actually takes this fucking job seriously. And you learn the facts and you get good at what you're doing. Like, this is very much like Top Gun 2, maybe. You know, you're like, yo, Tom Cruise, I need you to fucking show me a thing or two. Or like, we can all say it, but that is such a blessing to have those old school people to be like, hey, man, so this is what I got going on. I got a difficult situation here. Or even, you know, like, especially you, you've been in the leadership positions to where you've taught associates, right? Like me, not so much. Like I am working with like younger guys, so I'm like, hey, like, this is what I did or and but I'm not I'm the first to admit when I'm like, yo, I haven't had to do this before. Like, this is a completely foreign situation to me. Uh, I'd have to talk to somebody else about this. And you you can say that. And especially nowadays with more women coming in. So, you know, like I switch companies and like there have been a lot more like pregnant females and you want to do right by these women who are just getting slammed because just it's simply arrogance, like not arrogance, but ignorance. It's, we don't know. We've never had to deal with this. And sometimes that brings out the worst of people. Unfortunately, some leadership gets like arrogant and defensive instead of saying like, we're just going to work this out. Yeah. They get threatened. It's sort of like, well, how am I going to ever manage this? And it's so funny. Cause I, I talk about this a lot with people who are sort of in leadership positions and it's like, well, there's paternity and maternity leave now. So just make people take their paternity leave and maternity and everyone's equal and it's not as big a deal. But if you don't, Absolutely. if your team doesn't have like, I know this is like going off on a tangent, but like if your team doesn't have like a plan in place in case somebody gets hit by a car, in case somebody has a medical event, in case somebody yeah. like, you know, quits unexpectedly, like you should have a contingency plan anyway for like a long-term leave. And if you don't, then you're asking for trouble and the same thing goes for a pregnancy. Like it shouldn't be a huge shock if someone goes, you get nine months warning. Woo-woo. It's not like yeah. a big surprise. I mean, no, it's like, we'll deal with it tomorrow. We'll deal with it tomorrow. We'll deal with it tomorrow. And then yeah, it's like, like, oh, good. Like we'll figure it out <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, don't be a dick. Do fucking right by people. Do right by people. They will do right by you. 
every and, single time. And with that, thank you so much, Mitzi. You are uh, kick ass as always, and you'll be joining us for the future sessions here. So whenever there's going to be a written submission, don't worry. It's not just going to be yapping into uh, the mic. It's going to be. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. It's it's going to be getting a couple different opinions because every rep story uh, has different, has different takeaways for people. And that's a really important thing is like Mitzi might see something totally different in a story than I do. And so getting to hear those different perspectives is super useful. At least I hope so. I guess we'll find out. Absolutely. Yeah. We won't be just, I won't be jibber jabbering for the next like two hours, but I will say, I mean, and there will be days where I'm like, Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. You know, we already know we're going to come to that. We're like, Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what I would do with that one. So let's talk about it. Like, let's, let's see what somebody else has to say about it. Because I'm amazed by the well thought out articulations of so many people around us who just come out of left field with like, an interpretation where you're like, holy crap, I've never thought about that. That is a really great take on that. So I'm excited to do this. And I think people are going to get a lot of like good information out of it. And if anything, what else are you going to do in the, the two hour fucking car ride you have? To- <laughs> May as well hear some tough old birds talk trauma and talk ortho and talk rep. <laughs> because honestly, at this point, like, I really think we need to just hear each other's stories from the trenches. You know, this isn't about, Absolutely. this isn't about like peacocking. This is just like, <laughs> hey, like what's really yeah. happening out there? So yeah, you know, I was trying to like describe it to someone, right? we all try to like describe our job and what we do to someone and I was talking about this podcast I was like oh yeah I gotta jump on this call later uh and they're like like what is this about and I was like to be honest this is this is literally like some old war vets just like talking shop man <laughs> like this is what it is I don't know what to tell you it's just we just talk about our experiences shit I came over to foot and ankle and you know it's just so intimidating sometimes coming into another department like you get so comfortable in your one department and you become a master at that. And you're like, well, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And then all of a sudden you go to something like foot and ankle where it's like, dude, you got a phone book of fucking DPMs. You got like five trauma reps or five traumatologists in your area. You got a whole fucking phone book of DPMs, baby. So it was like going into that. I pulled up some of my old trauma contacts, my old sports meds. They all, they were like, girl, I got you. They're like, threw me some bones. I was like, thank fucking God. <laughs> it's like, you just helped me for the next year. You know what I mean? Just like, just setting up labs or like contacts and things like that is, uh, that's a win. So I'm excited to hear other people's wins. And, you know, let's, let's learn from everybody's fucked up stories. And hopefully we can, you know, get into to more of the dark questions people have the taboo stuff like hey i'm six months pregnant and my people are like fucking me they're trying to push me out they're trying to do this they're trying to do that um hopefully we can get more into that and see i i really want to see like more of like the general you know consensus on these topics to be honest we're definitely going to get them uh yeah i've I've been getting some submissions and i know that i have some uh some interviews set up coming up that i think are going to really like just shed light of like how diverse sort of like the experiences are and the problems and yeah just honestly the questions of like people asking like what's normal um and that's going to be like one of the first uh sort of written submissions that you and i are going to go over you know is going to be like hey is this situation normal so stay tuned for that one and we're going to do that one next time but mitzi kaiser thank you so much you're amazing yeah. as always. And uh, I'm excited to move forward with you. Me too. I'm so excited. Thanks for joining us today on Device Rep Storytime. Don't forget, you can always submit your own story to repstorytime at gmail.com. We'll reach out to you and make sure that you get your story heard. Thanks a lot, guys. Stay safe out there.